Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. Thank you, Hal. Thank you, Kathy, for such a great, great blessing. Thank you, BYG, for sharing Behold the Lamb with us. And I just uh, want to thank most of all my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for on this day, some folks went to the tomb, and guess what? He wasn't there. He was risen, amen? And that's what this day celebrates. Uh, and bringing this message to you, I'd like to tell you about a Muslim man who was in Africa and became a Christian. And some of his friends asked him, why in the world would you want to become a Christian? And he answered, well, it's like this. Suppose that you're going down the road and you suddenly come to a fork in the road that goes two different directions. You don't know which way to go, and there at the fork in the road are two people. One of them's dead, and one of them's alive. To which one are you going to ask to show you the way? Obviously, the one who is alive. Today is Easter Sunday, and uh, as Christians, we've gathered to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. That He is alive, and He is willing to show us the way. But even as we celebrate, our hearts are heavy because we live in a world that's torn by so much hate, a world that's torn by so much evil, so much war, so much needless killing, so much, so many incredible natural disasters, so many needless accidents. Truth is, you just never know when it's going to be your time to go. So I want to encourage you to be ready. Twelve years ago, at the height of Desert Storm, Ruth Dillow received a very sad message from the Pentagon. It stated that her son, Clayton Carpenter, private first class, had stepped on a mine in Kuwait and was dead. Ruth Dillow later wrote, I can't begin to describe to you my grief and my shock. For three days I wept. For three days I expressed anger and loss. For three days people tried to comfort me all to no avail because the loss was just simply too great. But after three days she received another message. The telephone had rung and the voice on the other end said, Mom, it's me. I'm alive. At first, Ruth Dillow said, I couldn't hardly believe it. I recognized his voice, but he really was alive. The message has been all a horrible mistake. She said, I laughed. I cried. I felt like turning cartwheels. All because my son, whom I thought was dead, was really alive. Probably none of us here today can truly understand how that woman felt. But if you and I could have walked the pages of the New Testament, we would have understood. Because that is exactly what those folks experienced back in that day. One day they watched as their best friend and teacher was being nailed to a cross. They witnessed his pain as he cried out, I thirst. They heard him call to his father saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
They listened as he finally bowed his head and said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. They heard him declare with his final breath, say it with me, it is finished. They watched as his body was taken down from the cross. They watched as his body was buried. All their hopes and dreams were buried with him. And then Friday and all day Saturday, they mourned. Until finally on the first day of the week, early in the morning, as the scripture says, some women made their way along the path that led to the tomb, wondering who's going to roll this stone away so that we can anoint the body of our friend and teacher. But when they arrived, they had found that the stone had already been rolled away, and there was an angel there who told them, you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking for Jesus among the dead. And in the words of any true southerner, that angel said, well, he just ain't dead. He ain't dead. He's alive. He is risen just like he told you he would. He is risen. Friends, that is the reason we celebrate this morning. That our Savior, Jesus Christ, has risen. And when all the evidence is in, when we weigh all the evidence that is offered to us through Scripture and through history, we are absolutely convinced that Jesus is alive. He is risen from the dead. And can I tell you this morning, that changes everything. Easter changes everything. Now, as I share with you what Paul recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want you to listen carefully. I want you to check out all the people who witnessed, all the people who actually saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. Listen carefully. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. He writes, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you are saved. By which you are also saved. If, that, if you hold fast to that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He did raise again on the third day according to the Scriptures. Now listen carefully. And that He was seen. Say seen. seen. Oh yeah. He was seen. He was seen by Cephas, and then by the twelve. After that, He was seen. Say seen. He was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen. Say seen. seen. He was seen by James and then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, they preached, and so you believed. Let us pray.
Lord, I'm thankful that Easter is true. I'm thankful that the resurrection of Christ is true. And Lord, I'm thankful that you provide evidence, eyewitness evidence, that the resurrection is true and that by our belief in that, we can be saved. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I want you to think for a moment. All those people that had seen, as you said, seen the Lord after He was raised, if each person who actually saw the Lord after He was raised from the grave would come up here to the pulpit, and if they would just share, just for 15 minutes each, what they saw. If we listened to all the people who saw Jesus after he rose from the grave, and they shared for just 15 minutes, do you know that we'd be here all day? Do you know we'd be here all night? Do you know that we'd be here Monday and Monday night? We'd be here Tuesday. We'd be here Wednesday. We'd also be here Thursday. And finally, on Friday morning sometime, they'd just be finishing telling you 15 minutes apiece about what they saw when Jesus appeared to them. It would take over 128 straight hours just for 15 minutes each to hear the testimony of those who saw the Lord after he rose from the grave. That's amazing to me. Eyewitness evidence. And then after telling us about all these witnesses to Christ's resurrection, Paul turns his attention to me and you. And he says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Say changed. We shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Say changed. That's right. You know why? Because Easter changes everything. Easter changes everything. You wonder, wonder what kind of things Easter changes. Well, with those words ringing in your ears, let's consider some of those changes that the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings to your life. First of all, you need to start thinking about how Jesus died. Easter changes how we view Christ's death. Before his resurrection, you look at the cross, and what do you see? You see a symbol of a horrendous death. A wooden cross soaked with human blood. That's what you see. So terrible was this form of execution that the Romans would not even allow their own citizens to be crucified. Crucifixion was only for the worst of slaves. It was only for the enemies of the empire. But today, because of his resurrection, many people wear a cross around their neck as a symbol of the hope of eternal life. Not death any longer, but eternal life and a reminder of God's love for us all. And what about the tomb? What about the grave that Jesus was laid in? Before the resurrection, his grave was looked on as the final chapter. That's it. 
It was the closing of a great door. It was the last curtain call. The grave was the end of everything. But because of His resurrection, you and I can rejoice today that on the other side of death is where life really begins and never ends. It's on the other side. So that makes me wonder, since life truly begins after our lives are finished here on earth, why in the world do we spend so much time worrying and fretting about material things? You know, Janet and I have, we're joking the other day about whenever the kids want money, the first place they always go is to their grandfather's house. And so uh, we're driving down the road on Thursday evening and saw the most beautiful sight. It was a double rainbow. And it was kind of ironic that one end of the rainbow ended at the mall. That's where Madison likes to spend her money. But on the other end of the rainbow, it was at Papa's house. And that's where Michael likes to spend a lot of his time, amen? That's where the pot of gold was, at Papa's house. And then I read Dale Evans once said, I spent most of my life searching for that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow until I finally found it at the foot of the cross. Wow. All of our lives, we work and we struggle to accumulate stuff that we think is important. But when we're facing death, when we're facing what happens after death, all of a sudden these things seems suddenly very unimportant. When we're facing death and what happens after death, suddenly all these things become very insignificant. I mean, when you're dying, what difference does it make what kind of car you're driving? When you're dying, what difference does it make what kind of house you got? What kind of clothes you wear? When you're talking about eternity, what difference do things really make? On one side of the resurrection, this side, everything you see, say everything. Everything you see is temporary. But on the other side of the resurrection, there are countless zillion things that you cannot see, and those things are eternal and you have a choice of which one you will choose Easter changes everything and not only how we view Christ's death but Easter also changes time time as we know it before the resurrection time was a very limited thing the Bible talks about life being a vapor talks about life being a mist that is just as, uh, passes just as quickly as a breath of air. You don't have a clue whether after you exhale your next breath, if you're going to get the opportunity to inhale another. That decision is not yours. Life is brief. Life is brief indeed. And you know, many times when, when I'm working, getting up and getting ready in the morning, I look into the mirror and I say, man... You look old. You're looking rough this morning. Maybe you ought to go back to bed and get you some more rest. Maybe you'll look better tomorrow. 
And then that little voice inside says, don't count on it. That's the best you're going to get. That's the best it's ever going to be. It's kind of discouraging, isn't it? You see, time is slipping by. Time is passing by. On one side of the resurrection, time is very brief. But on the other side, you got Jesus. On the other side of the resurrection, you have Jesus and eternity. Now, I tried to get our CIA young people to describe for me how long is eternity. And one of them said, if I'm not mistaken, 230 minutes. Then another one said, 100 zillion gazillion. And we were writing zeros as long as my dry erase board would stand it. We don't have a clue how long eternity is. But I've heard it compared to a beach. And our life is but one grain of sand on the beach. On the other side of resurrection is all of eternity. The whole purpose, the whole meaning, the whole goal of our life here on earth is to be, to change because of the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Easter changes. It changes our view on Christ's death. It changes our, our knowledge about time and what it means. But Easter also changes life. Have you been listening to the messages that the world offers you lately? I've told you many times that, that I've chosen to, to turn off the evening news. I don't watch it anymore. But just Friday night, I made the mistake of staying up too late and were, was watching the evening news. And in the first five minutes of the local news, I heard about four murders reported. Well, I tell you what, if I listen to the voice of this world, I'll be hopeless and in despair. Hopelessness and despair seem so prevalent in our world today. Think about it. The American economy seems to be going down the tubes while it cost me $50 to fill up my little car. Yeah, I'm complaining. $50 to fill up my little car. Every day we're reminded that our men and women and the armed forces are spread all over the globe giving their lives for the cause of freedom. There's still conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians. I don't think that'll ever quit. There are diseases for which we have no cures. There, there are problems in our home that we can't begin to fathom. The things that go on behind closed doors, we can't begin to fathom. Drug addiction continues to rise. Child abuse is still prevalent. Worldwide, people are hungry and sleeping in the streets. And if you watch very long, if you listen to that very long, you will lose hope. But you know, if the only hope we have is the hope that this world offers, then you don't have no hope. You don't have any hope. But, in contrast, Jesus said this, I have come to bring you life. I have come to bring you life more abundant to show you how to live, to show you that there is hope, that there is joy, there can be peace, you can love. I've come to give you a reason for living. 
Even if your life is racked with pain, even if your life is filled with loneliness, even if there's so much sorrow you can't bear it, even if all hope seems gone, you'll be able to go on. You'll find the strength that comes through Christ Jesus and the power of His resurrection. Easter changes everything. Say that with me. Easter changes everything. Amen. Changes how we view the cross and the tomb. Changes how we view time. It changes how we view life. But perhaps greatest of all, Easter changes how we view death. Before the resurrection, death was it. Before the resurrection, death was the end. It was the final curtain call. Before the resurrection, all we could do is mourn as people who had no hope. But after the resurrection, when someone dies, yes, we're saddened because we're separated for a moment, but we mourn as people who have great hope because Jesus Christ is alive. And the promise of Scripture is this. Since He is alive, then we too can live forever. That's the promise of the Bible. Our sins are forgiven by the blood that He shed, and the promise of everlasting life is ours. And that changes the whole concept that we have of death. Death is not the end. It's not the end. But imagine for a moment, If I told you, hey guys, let's start us up a new religion. It's all going to be bogus. It's all going to be a sham. But if you keep it a secret, maybe this new religion we're going to start will spread over the world and all of us will be famous. So we make up a story. And we start telling that story. And lo and behold, that story starts taking off. You start thinking, well, maybe this will work. Maybe this will work. So I'll play along. But then some of us start getting thrown in jail. Then one of our leaders is executed, and it's open season on all of us. You see, that's the kind of persecution that was happening to the early church that Jesus founded. You might say, well, that was fun while it was lasted, but I ain't dying for it. But that's not how the early church responded. They gave their lives. They faced lions in the arena. They were burned alive because they refused to renounce Christ. They were tortured. They were crucified. Because they refused to deny their story. Why? Why would they do such a thing? Could it be that they experienced the change that Easter makes? Everything in their life changed because of the resurrection. Suddenly, eternal life in heaven was far more important than this temporary life on earth. Suddenly the cross was not an instrument of torture, but a symbol of honor. The tomb no longer symbolized the end, but a gateway to a new beginning. 
Their time spent on earth all of a sudden made no comparison to the time they'd spend with God the Father for all eternity. And the hopelessness and despair of this life suddenly could not be compared with the joy and thrill of life in heaven with God the Father. So death, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, I want to tell you, the resurrection makes the difference. Easter changes things. Easter changes everything. Before, things seemed so important. But now for the believer, things have become pretty insignificant. Before, time was so limited. But now for the believer, there's all eternity. Before, life was filled with despair, but now, for the believer, there's purpose, direction, and meaning. Before, death was the end. But for the believer, now it's just the beginning. Today, you have an opportunity to respond to the message you just heard. But in all reality, there are only two responses. One, you can do nothing. You can say, I'll think about it. You can say, maybe another day, Brother Bill. You can say, you know, I'm just not sure of all this. And if you choose that response, I want to tell you that that response will change Nothing in your life now or for all eternity. You can continue to live the same life the same way and get the same results. You won't experience any ultimate fulfillment. You'll do nothing of any eternal value. And you'll make no difference in the world that you live in. You can do nothing. But there's a second way that you can respond to this message. And that is, you can take a step of faith. A step of faith, trusting in Jesus as your only means of eternal salvation. Trusting in Jesus as your only means of going to heaven. And believing in Christ's resurrection. Believing that Easter changes everything. By making that choice, you can expect a fulfilling relationship with God and you can expect heaven as your home for all eternity. You can do nothing or take a step of faith. The choice is yours. Will you let Easter change everything in your life? how you view Christ's death? Will you let it, choose, let it change time? Will let it, you let it change your life? Will you let it change death? You have a choice. When Brother Howe begins this decision hymn, 
If you choose to take that step of faith, I want to encourage you just to step out into the middle pew. Come up, take my hand. I'll take care of the rest for you. I'll show you what the Word of God says. All you have to do is be obedient to what God is telling you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the resurrection of our beloved Savior. And Lord, I'm thankful that you gave humanity another chance. You gave humanity another chance and that you sent your only Son that if we would believe in Him, we would not perish, but have everlasting life. Father, if there's one who is here today who has never placed their trust in Christ, never believed in the resurrection power of Jesus, Lord, encourage them, nudge them to take that step of faith and to be assured of their relationship with you and an eternity in heaven with you. Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much for your word. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.